Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Back for another week of the fifth and last NRL podcasts. Hope everyone out there staying safe, taking care of each other and doing well in this uh, crazy, crazy time that we're going through. But we're back, Boxhead. What's been happening on your end? Yeah, mate, it's been a, uh, a good week. Just trying to stay safe, as you said, but um, caught a little bit of stick on uh, social media this week from a, uh, a few people regarding my comments that we'd be back before July 1 and it looks as though they're going to do absolutely everything in their power to be back by July 1. Um, I said to a few people, I stand by my comments um, from last week. I, I don't think people understand how desperately that rugby league needs to be back on the field. I, I, I really don't think people understand that. Um, and look, none of the comments that I made last week were around uh, medical advice. You know, if, if, it's, if medically we can't get on the field, we can't get on the field. That's not for me to decide. I'm not a medical expert, unlike a lot of people on Twitter who think they are medical experts and that they know what this virus is doing and how it's going to play out and what's safe and what's not safe. Uh, my comments are purely around rugby league. I, I just think uh, we need to be back on the field as soon as possible. And um, I, I just, my thoughts last week were that uh, that we'd be back on the field before July 1, and I, I stand by that. Whether it happens or not remains to be seen, but, um, yeah, co- copped a little bit this week. I like it. <laughs> I, like, I like the fact that we're uh, we're polarising. That's okay, and it, I don't want everyone to agree with me all the time. Um, but, yeah, ultimately, medically, is what's going to decide, you know, whether it's safe. Yeah. But I, I just can't see why, you know, the, the ideas that they're talking about which is similar to what I suggested last week, that they go into isolation, they're all tested. I just, I just don't see how it doesn't work. Yeah. I think a lot of it is around public perception. And, they, and I got a lot of that on social media. People getting the shits that, you know, why should rugby league be back? It's not essential. And it's like, well, well, where do you draw the line as to what is essential? You know, like, to me, essential is, you know, medical care, hospitals, doctors, chemists, uh, shopping centres, petrol stations. Outside of that, we don't need anything else to live, do we? Really? Yeah, well... I, um, my, my... If you're talking about essential, what is essential to live day to day for a period of time, that is what I would say is essential. But, I mean, you can still go down to the shops, you can still go down to JB Hi-Fi and, and spend coin and buy DVDs and buy, um, you know, games or whatever you're going to buy. So, like, really, where do you draw the line in terms of what's essential? Well, the bigger one for me is, and I'm in, in essential service, I do electricity. We're not stopping. Our office staff and everyone else have been isolated. We've basically been given the old just try to stay away from each other, which in the job I do is impossible. There's no way to stay away from each other. But you see building sites that are still going. So, again, like we're talking about what's essential. I'm working, I'm working at a school. I'm face-to-face with kids every day who are around families. I, I don't know what they're, whether their families have had people who are near it, around it. I've got no idea. No. And so, talking about you know essential service and isolation, there's there's no isolation going on, as you said, in 
in your workplace, in my workplace, on building sites, you walk past and they're all, yeah. there's no social distancing. On, <laughs> they're on top on of each other. Sites. You know, Nicole's mum works at Woolworths. She's face to face with yeah, hundreds of people, thousands of people. people every day. Yeah, so, so my thing is, like I said before, I've already been through an isolation due to a possible crossover, which luckily wasn't the case, and we're doing our best as far as our field work, and we are essential, because obviously if the power goes off, there's a big problem. Our main thing is yeah, just you're, that... you're essential to the point where you work when needed. Yeah, oh, well, that's our issue initially. Same as teachers, same as, same as us. You know, like, we're, we teach if there's kids at school. The kids have been advised at the moment to not come to school. So we're teaching the kids who have to be there at the moment, either A, because their parents are essential workers, or B, the kids don't have access to technology or a computer at home, so they have to come to school. Mm. Same as you, you know, like you're not going to be going out and doing all the, the nitty-gritty jobs that you'd normally do. You're going out there doing the things that have to be done. Where so we're, doing, we're doing maintenance. That's what essential services are. Yeah, we're doing yeah. our maintenance because it has to happen, otherwise people lose their power. Uh, we're doing blow-up jobs Correct. like... Correct, that's on. what I'm saying. It's keep people's powers on. Power. But yeah. we, we still do our normal week. Our office staff, our managers, all the people that don't have to be within reach of people or in contact aren't there. But field workers are still doing their normal jobs. Yeah. But at the end of the day... Yeah, you know, and like you look at... And there's a lot being said about the infection rate. When the comp shut down, it was at uh, 23%. 23 and now, and now it's down below... 3%. It's below 5% now. But I, I don't, I'm not a medical expert, so I'm not going to make any comment regarding infection rates and <laughs> who... What, because the infection rate, as far as I know, could go through the roof again. Oh, I've got no idea what's going to happen medically. And that's not for me to comment on. There are medical experts who are, you know, chartered with that job, and they're doing a fantastic job from what I can see when you compare us to other countries. Uh, I think the government's to be commended, but, you know, we're not a, we're not a political podcast or a no. medical podcast. I, I, My comment was I just think we'll be back by July 1, and I bloody hope we are. And I think, really, if you asked every fan... Let's face it, everyone listening, we all want rugby league back on the field ASAP. Well, the plain and simple part look, we had last week, and a few people said to me, oh, you didn't really argue back. There was no point to argue because we disagreed on more the time frame, not because I don't want the football back as bad as anybody else. My only point was there's no use arguing about it because the only point I offered on the flip side was we don't know what the government will let them do. This week we do. That was the only point. There was no argument to be had. But they'd, so. already, gone, they'd already gone to the government said, yeah, but nothing was really clarified out loud, whereas this week it is, and the New Zealand thing... Particularly if they can go to them, if they can go to the government and say, look, these are the procedures we've got in place, uh, this is how we're going to make sure it's watertight, uh, this is what will happen if we get an infection. I just think it's it's all very, very controllable. Yeah. Particularly when they're in bubbles, like they're going to be in. So, As I said, yeah, let's, let's see how it plays out. I don't know what argument people wanted last week because the only thing we really disagreed on was that. I said I'm not sure if we will, just depending on the government, which now has been oh, look, clarified. I don't care. Look, it wasn't a pop- it wasn't a popular opinion. No. But in the end, it's the fucking reality. But um, that, that's what's going to happen. They need to be on the field. Yeah. Because the play- players are only going to get paid until the end of May. And the, the game needs the money in the current climate. Everyone needs the money. The clubs, the players, the game especially needs the money. And I guess the bigger question that goes above all of this is would they be trying so hard to get on the field if they no. had, a, had their coffers full? Probably not. If they like the AFL, I doubt it. They'd probably be more blasé on the situation or a bit more relaxed because they would have had things sorted, but unfortunately... And, and that was more to where my point came from last week. I, I understand. Like, I, I, you know, we work at an NRL club. I'm very close to two NRL clubs, and there is 
no rugby league staff working at either of my previous two clubs that I've coached at. Uh, or, sorry, my current club and my previous club, the Panthers and the West Tigers. No football staff are working at either of those clubs at the moment. That's how dire the financial situation is. So they need to be on the field. Hmm. And my point was no different bar just the fact that until something... You disagree that they'd be on by, July, by before July 1. Well, I don't, I, titles that? I don't know. My whole point was last week we didn't know. Hmm. We've seen a couple well, of weeks. I, I, I felt as a... I just felt as though it was, it was just inevitable. They but have to be. I agree with your main point, which is my point. And everyone's like, oh, you didn't really argue back. Today, I, read some stuff, I read some stuff today. They were talking, uh, saying that every player has taken the same amount of money. Oh, fuck, who knows? So I, I don't know whether that's true or not. I don't think that's true from yeah, the few I, players. I, 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 just think, I, I just think, how good is that if that's the case? Well, the few players I've spoken to, that's not the case. They were told they were getting two months of their pay. So if you were on... Of their individual pay. Well, that's the way I took it from the few I spoke to. They were yeah, getting okay. two months I, off their yeah, pay. I wouldn't mind clarification around that. And they were. Well, I guess obviously it'll come out of the wash. If you're on big money, and like I said, I don't, it's not that we can feel sorry, but if you're living a lifestyle or a mortgage off a certain contract, I doubt they're going to take minimal amount. I'm pretty sure they all got what they were supposed to be getting. Yeah. That's the way I took it from the two or three that I spoke to that are current players. Okay. So. Two months, and that's the worst. The whole point, like we said last week, that was worst case scenario if they didn't get back on the field. Mm. And then anything else, if they do get a competition, will be part of the revenue and any extra revenue created, they get that 29.5% or whatever was negotiated in the last CBA. Okay. So we'll have to wait and see. But yeah, my point again, uh, people going, there was, no, there was no argument we had. We agree on everything. The only point was I wasn't sure because of the government's stance, and now we've got that clarified. The New South Wales government has said that they're happy with everything to go ahead, uh, obviously, as long as things are done correctly. And they've put that onus back on the game to do such a thing. And they've said themselves that if they were going to do it, they're going to use the harshest biosecurity measures possible in order for things to be safe. And their first priority, as it was previously, was the health and safety of the players and then secondly of the community and not to take any risks with either single side. So the three options basically that have been floated for Project Apollo, as it's been called, is isolating in Gladstone, isolating in Tangalooma on that island again and possibly coming across, isolating in Sydney, everybody in the Olympic Park region and possibly using Bankwest and that, and or going into conferences. And the conference idea, it's an interesting one. I'm probably not the biggest fan of it, but they there's nine Sydney teams. There's only seven off the outside, so they're saying that one team would have to go to Brisbane. And at the moment, they're saying the Dragons. I, I don't know how they came up with that side of things. But if we went into conferences, we'd have Roosters, Eels, Panthers, Souths, Tigers, Dogs, Eagles and Sharks. And then the other conference, again, depending on New Zealand and obviously if the Dragons were that team, Broncos, Storm, Raiders, Knights, Cowboys, Titans, Dragons and the Warriors. If the Warriors don't come over, I don't know what they do. They're talking about putting a buy in, but you know they're playing less games in the other conference. I, I don't know. But that was based off... 14. If the Warriors drop out, it's gonna it's gonna put pressure on any competition model, isn't it? Because if you go if you go just with everyone's gonna play everyone once and we'll have our top eight, then what do you do to the teams that have already beaten the Warriors? Do they keep their points? I guess they do because they you have to keep points anyway. Do they keep their for and against from those games? Have to. Yeah, well, and then they're at a, they're at a, they're at an advantage over teams who don't get to play the Warriors, and then. Yeah, but potentially get the, for and against. At the same time, you can't say that in the sense of Newcastle have come up with two wins, have now lost their hooker for the season and in a back row to neck surgery. If you told them today, 
you're losing your first two wins and we're resetting it. They're coming in weaker and they no, don't get no, the wins. No, 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 that's not what I'm talking about. No, I don't, I don't know, and I'm not arguing that. A- a- any team that's won, I, you know, unless it's against the Warriors, um, I, I just, I, yeah, they, like you keep your two points, but I just think that you probably have to take away the, the for and against points from those two games. Well, neither say that every everyone everyone against the Warriors got a buy. Neither was significant though. You're talking four. I think it was 14 points by the Raiders, and I think Newcastle was 20. Yeah, no, I understand that, but to be an equal competition, it's it all have to be equal. Yeah. Anyway, that, there's smarter people than us to work that well, out. Well, they've already basically said today that that idea was floated, and now they said no. And Wayne Pierce, rightfully so, more to my point, was saying that we can't take away the preseason work and what's happened, and then the injuries that have occurred to some clubs in this time now to say that we're going to take away points and for and against etc no, you're, you're missing my point I'm not saying they're going to take points away they shouldn't take points away they don't have to take points away if we move to the model where everyone plays everyone once that's fine everyone keeps their points play on if we move into conferences I, I don't I don't see how they do keep their points unless you're in a, you're in a pool where you with the with the two teams that you've already played but and then you're going to have unequal amount of games played so if they're going to go to the conferences, they're going to have to restart the whole comp again. Yeah, well, in terms of points, I don't you, like, can't, you can't then have cross-conference points. I don't like the conference idea. Full stop. I don't like it either. I, I, I personally would just like to see them go. We're going to have fifteen rounds, so we're going to play another thirteen rounds. Everyone plays everyone once. Um, even if they expand the final series, do your wild card stuff this year if you, if you want to have a look at how that works, uh, because it'll get you a few extra games. Um, it may it may extend your season, your final series. I'm not sure. It, like it, it'd be the year to expand the top eight if you're gonna you're gonna look at doing that. If you wanted to go to a top ten, I'm not saying that you you have to do that or that it's a good idea. But I think if they're ever going to look at it, uh, this is probably the year to do it. Yeah, well, it's it's and an already trying to work out where Origin falls. Like you're gonna end of the season. Are they going to pit Origin throughout it? Oh, for me, I don't, I don't understand how they they just have standalone Origin. Yeah, at the end of the year. If you're only going to have 15 games, NRL clubs can't afford to be having their players missing games for Origin. No, it's it's a no-brainer. You can't start with it because they're not fit enough. They're not in their no, best right. condition, yeah, and it's just a stupid idea. There's going to be some guys that miss out that will play good enough during the year. You can't interrupt the season because the season's already been interrupted. And the only thing that's possibly going to be disturbed if we start early enough is a kangaroo tour, which is not our prerogative and not our problem. We're focused on the NRL getting money in our game, and Origin has a direct effect on our game. So Origin would be the priority. Put it at the end but of the also, season, three weeks in a row. Also, at the end of, yeah, end of the season, we're a better chance of getting crowds. Exactly. So you leave now, your look, big... I, I do have some some information uh, pertaining to crowds and how things are going to work potentially by the end of the year. And you could use Bank West as an example. I think it's the 30,000-seat stadium. If it's a 30,000-seat stadium, we're only going to have 10,000 fans in those stadiums. That's from someone inside New South Wales Health. Um, it, that's how crowds will start once once we resume. So you still have to have that social distancing, um, two seats between, and, and that's how they're looking at doing those big, uh, I guess, public gatherings to start with, depending on, obviously, where the infection rate is at. But... Um, or close to someone who is um, in infectious disease in New South Wales Health, and they're already starting to look at how that that's going to work. Um, and and not now, obviously, but but by the end of the year, if this does pass over, and you know we, 
we're at a point where we're allowed to go and uh, attend games again, that's what it's going to look like. Yeah, well... So it'll be interesting to see how that's policed, but well, they, that's sort of what they're talking about at the moment. The rules initially were regardless of what happens, six months there was going to be no crowds, all those bits and pieces happening. So if we're taking that from March up until September... Like you just said, the biggest priority, realistically, besides the season, is Origin. Origin's the golden goose. That's the last thing we should be playing. It shouldn't be happening any earlier. In the end, because we're, exactly, we're a better chance of getting crowded in. Even if they are one third, we still want people there for some sort of an appetite. And again, the biggest money maker, and for a reason, of ticket sales, corporates, hospitality, sponsorship, and TV ratings is Origin. That's the big one. The Kangaroo Tour, was it a good idea? Yep, I'm sure the players would love it, but it doesn't have a direct effect on our game. It's not to do with the NRL. It's got no benefit for the NRL and the NRL players and the competition moving forward at this point in time. Let's get the competition. Let's get Origin, hopefully, at the back end. And if things are under control, potentially some crowds, corporate sponsorships, ticket sales, all the good things that come along with the TV dollar and the sponsorship. And on top of that, if they picked it off current squads, there's still a few guys I'd be looking at, but... It's hard to go off two games, but there was clearly going to be some turnover. We're talking about like the Queenslanders needing to blood some forwards. If you go off half a season or a full season of what we've seen no, so far, yeah. off a couple of guys like your let's, let's flagglers. Let's not talk about it. We agree. Orange is going to be played at the end of the year. Yeah, but uh, the conference system, that's how it would work, as we spoke about, if it was possible. Again, when I actually looked at it, based off the teams that I thought would make the eight, it's not as unfair as what I thought it was. Um, but at the same time, I just don't like the idea of playing in those setups with you, if that was the case, I wouldn't mind the wild card purely because looking at it, if you took five from each conference instead and had a way to figure that out, that would seem a little bit more fair. And again, it's already a disturbed competition in a different year. So yeah, if you're going to... You're also... You'd have to take into consideration that if the Warriors are in, if the Warriors are in, then it's easy. It's eight and eight. If the Warriors aren't in, do we go conferences of, you know, do you go nine and keep your nine Sydney teams and then have a conference of six. But I'm not sure how they how they do that. Yeah. Right. Whether they just go eight and seven. I, I think for, from, if you're a Sydney club and you're saying, well, one of us is going to get the punt and the Warriors drop out, you'd almost go, well, we'll take nine here. Well, I'd say you go eight and, and seven. Even if you went to a top nine and you could say, well, the top five of that nine team conference is going to go through, um, yeah, it's, it's hard. And then you may be the best record from both conferences. There's so much to work out. I, I just don't like the conference system at no. all, the conference idea. I didn't like the conference idea regardless. I think as close to the NRL schedule as we can get, the better. I love the idea of everyone just playing everyone once. I think it brings back more integrity to the competition. I think it makes it an equal competition, which is exactly what we bang on about at the end of every season in that some teams make the eight because they've played the wooden spooners twice or, you know, every bottom four team twice, whereas other teams haven't. And, you know, and they get nutted by a point or two or get nutted on four and against. Uh, so that really, and it had place importance on every single game. Well, if we go ahead as hopefully planned in one spot, whether it be Tangaluma, where they've talked about the fact that the government would be ready to go, the island would be sanitised, the airstrip or so, the 900 metres, and be able to make multiple fields, transport them over on their ferries and their boats take him to those three grounds at Redcliffe, Gold Coast, Suncourt, play all the games and have all the yeah, staff cool. all locked up. That That's, to me, the only way that's fair. Or now they're talking about the Sydney region, which similar deal. Everybody in the Olympic Park region possibly is Bank West. They've got the New South Wales High Performance Centre there, probably closer for some 
teams to use their home gyms. I don't know if that's a possibility yeah, or the, not. They've got, the show, they've got the show ground. They've got the Pullman. They've got a couple of hotels that are empty. They could have all the staff there. So to me, it's one or the other. It's the Gladstone complete isolation. It's the Tangaluma complete isolation. Or it's the Olympic Park one. I don't like the conference system. Ideally, Sydney Olympic Park or I think Tangaluma, the players would probably prefer over Gladstone. That's no knock on anyone on Gladstone, but you hear everyone keep talking about how much of a beautiful resort a spot it would be to go away um i don't know that they, they seem like the two best options but they've got a meeting project apollo as it's been tagged to get this thing off the ground on the 21st it's greenberg valandis to take these ideas coming from wayne pierce and this little board that have been put together to come up with these ideas it's got robson uh trent robinson and a couple of coaches etc on it on the 21st of april to try and see with the commission whether they can get things going on may 28th and the format being what we just spoke of, either everyone together or the conference system. Um, I think the way the Warriors situation has been handled and how New Zealand has handled it through Jacinda Ardern, their numbers aren't really that large at this point in time, so possibly in a few weeks, if they needed to come back, they might be able to get an exemption and come over here and isolate for two weeks, whether it be in Sydney or Queensland in preparation, hopefully, for what would be the competition um, and preferably we play the 14 weeks that are left over or 14 rounds that are left over and head into a normal final series, 18-week competition, then origin. I think that's best-case scenario. She's an interesting cup of, cup of tea, just into Ardern, isn't she? She seems to be handling everything pretty well. Well, she's uh, created a bit of two issues yesterday. She said, how dare you tell all our uh, Kiwi expats in Australia to go home? Yeah, she's telling all the uh, the foreigners in New Zealand to go home. So anyway, I, I, I tend to think I, I don't really know what to think. How whether the Warriors will be able to get out, how that works. Well, to arrive, they've got to stay. As you said, they've got to isolate for fourteen days. Um, I, I, but I don't think the Warriors can afford to, to just miss the season either. No, well, so it's, yeah, it's just a difficult situation all around, isn't it? It affects a lot of things. It affects their playing wages. It affects the club. Uh, I think there'd be a lot of ramifications, I'd suppose, and in general, the 16 teams is the only way things really work, and in particular if they end up with a conference system because realistically, at the end of the day, everything's going to go back to what the biosecurity person says is best practice. So if best practice is the two conferences, whether we like it or not, that's going to no, be... I don't, I don't think that's going to be what it comes down to. Uh, the... You know, you look at what racing are doing at the moment, uh, and Peter Valandis, he's all over best practice. Uh, I think it'll just be what's what's best for rugby league, rugby league. What's best for rugby league? Uh, and look, I think if, if they can agree to get everyone all in the one bubble and fit them all there, I think that's the way to go. Yeah. Um, if it's not if it's not able to be done, and then I think that's what we're going to look at option B, which would be. You know, conferencing or divisions or, or however they're going to look at it. That's my point. I think at the end of the day, it's going to come down to and what they've went with initially in cancelling it, the biosecurity person. So if there is a possibility of having all one spot, that's ideal. Um, whether it is, like I said, Tangaluma, Gladstone, Sydney, I think regardless, plain and simple, we want the football back on it. And it would be really interesting if we do kick on as we have uh, hopefully done with the one game because it automatically places pressure on a couple of teams that have started 0-2. So it'd be a good little race to the finish line because it takes away that room for error that we've usually got in a 24-round comp where we've seen teams like Melbourne in the past start really well, lose six or seven in a row during Origin or 
other teams that have had a slow burn and then kicked on at the back end of the year. If you're only playing everybody once, you've got no room for error. Every game means more. Yeah. And look, as long as we're in the, we've got the restrictions we're having at the moment, I'd even look at bringing back Monday night football uh, and then having rugby league, you know, on five nights a week and just stretching it out a little and, and just adjust the schedule and adjust the broadcasting around, um, you know, people's social lives and the fact that we can't go out. Yeah. And that you're going to have a lot of eyes on you and, and you know, and that's going to bring more money into the game. It's going to bring in more sponsorship dollars. We know we know the TV audiences are going to be huge. So I think we need to look at a way to differentiate to bring more money into the game as well. So I'd probably look at going, you know, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. Yeah, well, they that's, can... That's just my opinion. I'm happy with Thursday to Monday as well. The only thing is, obviously, like you said, make sure they do the draw to make sure that it's fair. Yeah, forget about that. The players have already... I've heard multiple players talk about if there's, you know, the odd five-day turnaround, so be it. Yeah, but you can't just load them up with it, is my point. No, no, you can't. You'd have to look at that, definitely. Yeah. If all that's fair, I have no problem with it either. Um, Probably the more interesting things to come out of today or the last two days while this idea's been floated... Again, most of the players seem on board. Some players are a bit worried. Uh, I think Darius Boyd, it was I saw today, was quoted in saying that he's not really too keen on the idea. He thinks that maybe four to six weeks he might be able to handle, but he was hoping that if that was the case, otherwise that after then the laws would be relaxed and they'd be able to go back to their houses and families, etc. and all that. Like I said, given the way this has been projected and without any vaccination, I, I highly doubt that's going to be the case. So for some players... I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't have a problem with that. However, I'd say to Darius, you can leave, you can come and go as you want. However, you're going to get tested when you come back in. And if you've got any symptoms of temperature, you're going home and you don't get paid. Yeah, well, that's another one. The other person was Paul Gallon. Simple as that. Or, or, or they may just have to say, Darius, sorry, mate. Yeah, well, that's the thing. I think if some players aren't because willing... That's the way the game's going. You're a professional athlete... This is the climate we're in. Do you want to get paid or not? If not, stay at home. Because there's plenty of Australians at the moment who would love nothing more to, than be getting up and going to their job. But they can't anymore because they don't have a job. Yeah. I think so it's, it was more the you're fact... If you're not keen on the idea, don't put it. But yeah. don't complain about it because you're... In no, I don't think he was position. complaining. He was just bringing up the mental health and well-being that some people may not cope if they're in isolation, possibly for four months away from family, yeah, their yeah, children. I get that. So that's I, what... I get that. But they were hoping that it would be relaxed. My point is the way yeah, we're mean, going. Everyone, everyone, that's why we're, we're just got to stick together. Every, everyone's got their own little battle going on. There's hardship. You know, what is hardship to one person is different to someone else, but it doesn't mean that your hardship is any more or less important than anyone else's at the moment. So, I, you know, yeah, move on. Mm. Yeah, well, Paul Gallon was another one. He was talking about same deal the isolation and being away more relating about coping with it he's saying that when they did an eight week tour of Australia originally oh sorry in England even with the whole thrill of being away on a tour with the blokes and visiting all these great places that most people were over it after four and five weeks and he isn't sure similarly how yeah, well I don't think you can compare you can't compare because that that's a tour where you know the current climate we're not in a pandemic no but I think his whole point is even with they're all they're getting paid you know like now it's boys you have to play or you do not get paid I don't think they should force the players you can't force the players however the players need to understand 
these are the conditions that we have to operate in at the moment. Yeah, and it's I'm... as simple as that. You can bitch and complain all you want, Paul Gallen, but you know this this is what it is. And look, I get been away. You know, if I was away from my family, I, I don't know how I'd cope. I don't think he's compl- again. I, I, I know that I'd, I know that I'd be able to grip my teeth and get through it. In the fact that I know that for me to be away is going to provide and make sure that you know my family are eating and that my mortgage is paid and you know that we can live the life that we live. I, I, I don't know. I just think there's got to be some perspective around all of this, um, and it, it's just a, it's a it's a once in a lifetime situation that we're in. Yeah, and I think he's... he's... Yeah, look, I don't think, as I said to you, I don't think the players should be forced into going. If they don't want to go and they, they don't want to be away from their families, that's fine. And look, you'll get zero judgment from me. No, I think... Uh, however, they just need to really understand that this is the climate we're in. Yeah, and I think they all agree. What I'm getting at is I think they're all hinting at this may not come without its own issues if they're in a bubble for so long. And part of what he was saying was even with the fact they were free to go out and about and see all these great places and be stimulated, like a lot of people. When you're away, when you're isolated or when you're doing your own thing for such a long period of time, some people get homesick. And there was a psychologist, I don't think he's related to the NRL, he was coming out today saying there'll be like an origin effect where maybe for a couple of weeks he thinks things may be all well and good, but maybe after a, a few weeks people might, you know, stray a little bit and maybe have a few incidents or whatnot like Again, I think for the most part, that's a bit too much of a stereotype to say that football players couldn't be isolated for a few weeks. It's not because they're footballers; it's because they're human. Mm. They want to go out; they don't want to be like we're all we're all experiencing that now. Everyone listening is experiencing that now. You know, you go, oh, do I really need to go to the shops? Well, I want to get out of the house. Like, you know, do, you know, can I can I go to be my space? No, like, it's all about self discipline. We haven't we haven't left our place here. My wife hasn't left our place in five weeks. Hasn't, hasn't even, you know, walked out onto the front footpath. Hasn't walked to the let- any further than the letterbox. Why? Because, you know, that's what the, the government's asked us to do. Um, and we've got two young children, so that's that's what the situation demands. So, I, you know, I understand that it, it is hardship. And, you know, would she like to go and get her hair done? Yeah, probably. Is it a necessity? No. So you just don't do it. Um, you know whether they want to work on a four-week model and then have a have a have a week off and let the players go and then have them come back in and have them be retested and whatever whatever the protocols are. Look, I'm I'm fully supportive of, or even if it's one day a week, the players can go back to their families. I don't I don't know how, how you do it. Like if they're worried about that, I think we're going to bring put as much in place as possible to support the players um, while maintaining. Uh, the rules and the protocols that we need to have in place in order for the competition to be played and the games to be, you know, um, run and won, the competition to be viable this year. Yeah, well, I think, again, with what's in place and things not changing regardless, I don't think people will be able to go that freely, especially the guys from out of state. So, um, no, but no one can, Louis. No one can. No, I'm with you. You know, New Zealand are in a, in a complete lockdown mm. And no different so for them, like I said, foreign. if and they come... It's going, to have, it's going to have mental health implications for the whole country. You know, I, I, get, I get anxiety when I can't, I can't go out and I can't exercise. Even at the moment, like, you know me, I like to run three or four times a week. I'm not even running at the moment. Because my wife sort of says, well, if you don't have to go out, don't go out. Get, we've got an exercise bike there, get on the exercise bike. And that's, that's what we've been doing. So... Um, 
He's just, I don't know. And my anxiety is right up. I, I hate being locked at home. But I know that I've got two young children. I've got a wife. But I, I don't want to really run the risk um, and, and infect anyone else. So uh, the, the mental health aspect of this is huge. Um, and I'll talk about that. I've got anxiety. I, I get it when I'm at home and I can't go out. Uh, and I'm not busy. That's when I get anxiety. So, you know, players, players have different reasons as, as to why they've got mental health issues. But, um, yeah, look, it, it is what it is. Yeah, well, at the end of the day, fingers crossed that Project Apollo can off the ground. Be interesting to see what comes from this meeting on the 21st and if they can kick off by the date they're hoping, which is now May 28th, particularly if it is all 16 teams play each other once, get to the finals and have that origin afterwards. That's ideal. Like I said, if it goes to the conferences, uh, I'm not the biggest fan, but if, if that's the way we get our football back at this point in time, I don't care how we get it. This comp, regardless of what anyone thinks, is going to have a mark over it. 2020 is going to be remembered. It's going to be a little bit different, but the most legitimate way for it to be had, obviously and ideally, is everyone together in one place, play each other once, then go to a final series. That's that's ideal. But as we spoke about before, teams that would benefit or not benefit from this little bit of a break, I think the Roosters, considering they didn't have much of a pre-season and had some guys obviously playing the Nationals and not train a whole lot, I think they would benefit from this because this almost puts most teams back onto a similar situation to them where they're going to come back into the season after a little stutter start. I think for a Newcastle... Well, does it benefit them? Because they're now under a lot of pressure. No, oh, under pressure, but I still think... So you can look at it both ways. I can see it both ways. Newcastle, uh, good start. Luckily for them, if they hold on to their points, helps considering they've now lost Jaden Braley for the season and now Mitch Barnett to come out. He had neck surgery. He's going to miss three months. So, you know, to lose a starting hooker and a starting back row who have been two of your better players to start off, not an ideal situation. Um, you know, for Brisbane, there was a few guys injured in the early rounds that might be available, so this little break might help them. Um, you know, Parramatta, Reed Marnie, it looked like his injury was going to be significant, his foot injury. It's come out today, he's already had surgery, potentially going to be back a little bit sooner, but this little bit of a break could mean that they don't have him missing for an extended period of time. So uh, for some clubs, it's not a bad thing. But, yeah, for those that have started 0-2, they're obviously going to have to play catch-up a little bit. Yeah, depending on what the competition looks like. We don't know that. But if it did go into those conferences, uh, just a little... Kind of side point, Sydney Conference of Roosters, Panthers, Eels, Souths, Tigers, Dogs, Eagles, Sharks. Uh, regardless of starting 0-2, I'd probably still back the Roosters. Eels and Panthers are, are already won two games, so that's pretty handy. Um, then out of what you've got left over, Tigers and Dogs, sorry to their fans, but I'd probably scratch them off. I reckon it'd be down to Souths, Eagles and Sharks for the last spot if you were saying four out of that conference. Again, you'd have to look at how it's going to work when they when they split them all up. <clears throat> um, it's uh, it's all unknown. It's all unknown at this stage. Mm. On the other side, Broncos, Storm, Raiders, all two and two. Newcastle two and two. Then you got the Cowboys with one win. Titans and Dragons with zero, and the Warriors if they come back with zero. Well, that's that's a far easier. Yeah, well, I think the first four teams I mentioned that are all two and two, you'd be liking Broncos, Storm and Raiders in that conference. I'd happily scrap the Titans, Dragons, the Warriors. It'd realistically be, do those injuries affect Newcastle enough to the fact that the Cowboys could potentially, you know, scrape their way back in? Yeah. So if you go off our preseason predictions, I think the top eight, even with those conferences, might not be 
so different to what we would have expected. Yeah, but then are they going to have a top eight or are they going to go in the NFL model and then go play your conference and then have a conference championship nah. and then have a Super Bowl? I think you just take... going to have a top eight? I think by that point, surely you'd be hoping that you can bring the four and four together. Well, how are you, gonna, how, how are you then going to seed them? I'd seed it off the way that their wins and their four and against to come up with a 1v8 and play the normal structure we play. Again, the integrity of the comp's gone because you haven't played the same teams. Yeah, well, that's... If you've got a conference it. This is my whole issue with the argument... winner out of each conference. This is my argument about the conference system in the first place. It's never going to be fair, even if people did it. Well, it, it will be. It will be fair, provided you... Once you're in your conference, you only come out of that as a winner. You can't then mix them together as an eight. That, that just won't work at all. I think you'll find that if they do that, they'll then go to a top four in each, 1v4, 2v3, bang, bang, have a conference championship, two big grand finals, and then have your Super Bowl. Uh, that's how I, I, that's the only way I think you can work the, um, the conference championships or the conferences themselves, or you go top five and then have a top five final series on both sides. That could work also. That, that's how you get your 10 playoff teams then again you still have to go through the same process have a conference winner and then the two conference winners play off in our grand final yeah well they said 18 there's a a hell of a lot to look at but once you split into conferences our joint top 8 is dead in the water as far as I'm concerned yeah well I don't know how they're coming about they said a four week final system so there'll be no top fives there'll be either four on both sides like you said and play through to one major grand final or they'll be combining them together however that works that would obviously depend on at the time if the two conferences were allowed to isolate again somewhere, which may not be the yeah. case. So it may be conference finals. They play the two top four separately and then have a grand final in one well, spot. You could go, you could go the, the NFL model is four weeks, isn't it? That's top six in each conference. You could go one and two, get the week off, three V six and four V five. Um, and then they play through. The two winners play the two one and two seeds, and then have your championship, and then go to your Super Bowl. There's no reason why they couldn't do that. That that'd mean you got twelve finals teams. So I, I don't know. You know. People might jump up and down and go, "How do you have twelve finals teams in a sixteen team competition?" And I'd probably agree with them. But this is just going to be one of those years. Yeah, well, it's definitely. You know, and then the argument would then be, the, you know, as as a as a fan of the game, I'd be. I'd, the question, I guess, we'd argue in the pub is, well, would you rather have 12 teams and more games or would you rather have eight teams and less games but probably the more deserving teams be there? That's that's the balance we've all got to, we've all got to weigh up because we know that we're going to get a shortened season. Um, and then do you, what, do you give those teams a little bit of leeway because they're going to play less games? So... You know, really, you only drop four teams out. The bottom two don't make the finals. It's, it, as you know, in the NFL, it's it's very very hard in that top six model if you are fifth or sixth to um, make it. Uh, but teams have, but it's it's, it's highly unlikely. It, it favours the one and two seeds, so it's still going to place um, a large importance on how you play your regular season games, which will then put you in a good position for the final series, but. Uh, look, I, I really just hope they they come up with a, a fair and an even competition and we get as many games out as we can and we get a really bloody interesting final series uh, and, and we get a three-game origin series. That would just be perfect, wouldn't it? You know, I'd sign that document, sign that contract right now. 
Yeah, well, fingers crossed, like you said, I think. So be... are, you, are you saying that they're still talking about potentially playing the tour, the, the Great Britain tour? I thought that was done. No. They're gone. I don't know. My, my whole point was just plain and simple. It, it doesn't affect the NRL. It doesn't bring money. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Money and it doesn't help the NRL. So to me, regardless of whether we get to the back end of the state a year and that's an option, I, I'm just not even worried about it. I, I just think, mate, I think that's dead gone. I, I think that, that was dead gone weeks ago. I heard. Well, the I way things are going with the way we've controlled it and it's very different in the UK, I highly doubt the players would want to go there. Well, unless... mate, the, the UK have actually got more, more rounds than us. They play 30 rounds. Yeah, I'm just. I don't mean that. I mean in general with the situation with the virus over there. If yeah, things are still, is their grand finals actually later. So if you're talking, and they've already they they stopped before we did. So they're going to have more catch up to play than us. Yeah, well, there's. So I, I think it'd be. I think it'd be more unlikely that even they'd say no, well, guys, we can't do it. Well, there's already been an argument in the Super League because I think the lead CEO came out and said they need to toughen up, and it's not bad for player welfare if they keep playing every four or five days and Simon Wolford's already came down, out and shot that down and just said that's stupidity. Well, they do it, they do it at Easter. They, they, they play four games in ten days at Easter. Yeah, but... It's, not, it's mental. They're talking... He, the Super League, yeah. He Obviously was, not for the whole year. Yeah, no. he, he was talking about not shrinking the competition at all and just making them play like every four days. <laughs> Which yeah, Simon Wolford basically said that's stupidity and he's kidding himself. <laughs> So, I mean, yeah, well, if you think if you think about the financial pressure we've got over here, then double it over there. Mm. Yeah, so I think he's talking quality of games, turnaround time, the injury rate, like all that stuff. Would in the games? Yeah, yeah but what, what I'm saying to you is that the reason he would be saying that is because financially understands the position that he's in. Yeah, and you're right. It's ridiculous. Simon Wolford's got every right to shoot that down. It's crazy. Yeah, it's nuts. Again. They, mate, they on a week to even with seven day, six day turnarounds. Those boys in the Super League play far more football than the guys here because they, they get the um, the Challenge Cup as well. Mm. Plus, they play more games than us to start with. Well, start earlier and finish later. You know, obviously the physicality of the the league and the quality isn't as high, but it still takes wear and tear on your body. Yeah, well, I'm not disagreeing with there, but I think for the most part of what we could cover this week, I think we've covered everything. So fingers crossed. This meeting, as we said. April 21st, the commission meeting, hoping to get things going. By July 1 was the mandate, but they're possibly looking at kicking off. May 28th is now the goal, if possible. The format is being worked on with that innovations board, Wayne Pierce, Trent Robinson, Don Ferner. There's plenty of other people on that. They're coming up with, hopefully, how this will work. Fingers crossed, like you said, it's as fair and even and we can get the Warriors back here potentially. Well, how would you do it? How, how would you do it? What I just said before. How, how would you do it? One, I like the idea of everyone being in one spot, if possible. Every... No, I'm talking about all the way through. What do you mean? How would you do it from 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 go to woe? What would you What would your regular season look like? What would your final series look like? What would your grand final look like? Exactly the first proposal they had. We play everybody once, so we've already played two, so there'd be 14 more rounds, and maybe you have one extra game, which is a rivalry game. I have no problem with that. 
So you can have Brisbane Cowboys, Panthers, Eels, etc. See, I don't think you can do that. To make up 16, and then you would go play yeah. your four-week finals, and then I'd have Origin afterwards. Everybody, whether it be at Tangaluma or Olympic Park, staff, players, all pre-tested, all isolated in the hotels and the precinct. You have Bank West, Sydney Olympic Park, Showground if need be. If it's up at Tangaluma, you got Redcliffe, Gold Coast, that, etc. The questions about the staff as far as ferries and bus drivers and bringing in randoms, that's no dice. Even the bus drivers, to me, if they have them, would have to maybe be the ferry drivers or anyone isolated on the island the whole time. No one gets to leave. We're in lockdown until things are released. And if it was had to do with the Warriors, you'd have to seek an exemption from their government, which I think you would be able to, in a couple of weeks' time that they fly over, serve their two weeks' isolation, and they join the rest of them, if possible, in Tangaluma or in New South Wales. But I like everyone playing each other once, and then if you wanted to have it rounded off to 16 games, there'd be a rivalry game. So you'd play one team twice. Yeah, I don't, I don't like that. I don't like having it at 16. I, I, I like having it at 15. I'd then go top 10. I'd have your wild card weekend if we have 16 teams. Yeah. Uh, and then just have our normal grand final from there. Well, they said 14 weeks, so at the end of the year. I'm only assuming if they're saying 14 more weeks, that's what they're getting at because you can only play 15 teams, so I'm assuming... With a, with a rivalry game? No, well, that would probably be with a bye, wouldn't it? I don't know. I think I think they were talking about and have an origin, have an origin in the middle of the year. No, I think that was with origin at the end, but playing fourteen four weeks. So if that was the case, like I said, I think it might be Penrith Para Broncos Cowboys. However, they come up with that. Maybe Storm Warriors play. However, they come up with that. I don't know, but regardless, yeah. just like to get some footy on the TV. But like we said, we know now uh, they've got the ticket of approval to operate with possible Berejiklian in particular said. They're determined that themselves and how they want to proceed, but obviously it's only through the viability and strictly adhering to the rules, and it's up to them. And then on the flip side, as we know from the NRL, their biosecurity measures are going to be in order and make sure it's safe to play to the harsher standard. First priority is always the players, second to the community, and not to take a risk with either of them. It's definitely going to be fully isolated somewhere. Um, but any of those concerns that we spoke about are going to have to be taken into consideration, even if they have to send maybe instead of you know all the excess staff, which might have to be cut back a bit on, which is understandable, maybe they have to send one or two uh, psychologists or mental health professionals if people do need to. to communicate. They have to. Have to. If, if that is a big That's worry. getting up before. Like, are, we, are we saying that they're not going to send people to look after mental welfare? Please. They, they'd have to. Every team would have to take one, wouldn't they? Oh, they could have a couple in particular, same as doc. I think yeah, a lot of that stuff... you're just going to say the NRL's going to supply them. Mm. Like, the NRL's going to supply doctor, you know, physios, you know, whether however many that is. Well, I think a lot of that's going to be streamlined. No, I think they're going to let 16 club doctors, 16 physios, no, etc. that's what I'm saying. The NRL's going to have to say, here you go, here's your however many physios, doctors, whatever. It's all going to have to be... All that side of it's going to have to be organised by the NRL. Yeah. So the date we're all looking forward to with bated breath right now is April 21st and the result of that meeting. And that'll give us a better idea on what's going to be happening moving forward with the competition in 2020. Yeah, sooner uh, rather than later, I'm telling you. Now, the other things to kind of happen, again, not major things. There was talk about other ways uh, to cut some costs moving forward. Two things that were floated was to go from two refs back to one and the other one was do re, uh, renew the bunker which, in all honesty, I don't think the bunkers made much of a difference. So if they don't renew... It hasn't the... made fuck all of a difference. Put, yeah. put, the, put a video referee 
in the box and get him a HD fucking TV. Well, they're talking that's close to two million a year, so that, I think that's an easy saving to me. It's made fuck all difference why it's been back. Yeah, I agree. Uh, and, and the whole idea of the bunker was to have the one person in there. Yeah, and we've got constantly. They've got different people. It's the same as having a video ref at the ground. Mm. The one other but thing. What, what I think they should do is maybe looking just cutting. Have some referees or some touch judges double up games. Well, some do. Like if, you, if you do the, yeah, I get that, but streamlining the referees as well. Well, they might have so to. So the quality, the quality of goes up. Well, the only other thing they talked about changing from two refs back to one. I don't think you can. No, no way. The way the point we're at at the moment, it's been in for so long. Uh, I think one referee with all the shit that goes on today and what we teach oh, yeah. that we know about in rucks and all that. If you went back to one, they'd get away with murder. Yeah. So if, if Trust we're gonna, me, I, I know that a lot of supporters out there going, "Come on, boys, I want to go back to one ref." Yeah, no. Just, just trust us that, like, there's so much that would go on that would just slow the game up and yeah. take the enjoyment out of it, and it'll become WrestleMania and low-scoring games. And, and the pocket ref pisses me off as is, but you have to yeah. have them the way the game's played these days. You just get players pushing the boundaries constantly. Mm. You'd have massive inconsistency, I think, because some referees yeah. would be like, I don't want to blow the whistle, whereas you've got your Perinaras and other people that love blowing the shit out of it. If they went back to one referee, they'd just flog the guts out of it. I think we've moved too far down the path of two referees, and the way that the game's coached, it, two referees is imperative, I believe. Mm. Yeah, the only other thing that's kind of happened since then, there's obviously been a lot of back and forth on the finances, but I've said it here before we started here today. Uh, the he said, she said... I don't want to talk about it anymore. It's There's been way too much about it. The club's blaming the game. The game blaming the clubs. There was more interviews this week. At this point in time, we just want to see some fucking footy. Uh, they're all as responsible as one another. Let's hope we can rectify well, we this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We spoke about it last week. Yeah, I have, but it keeps getting brought up. I don't want to talk about the financial side of things anymore. It's... I mean, the only financial thing to truly comment on was the Todd Greenberg debacle. You know, we said it last week. Like, how the hell does he think he's going to take a... Uh, 25% pay cut when he's come out and said three different things anyway mm. um, and in the end he got pulled in the line um, ended up having to take the same as what the players took mm. yeah. I think he's fair. and if the footy gets back on he'll, he'll get paid as you know whatever he's due yeah most of them will get the, the more we can incentivise both the players uh, maintaining their isolation and staying healthy and following the protocols set down by the government and for our officials to fast track um, and work as hard as they possibly can to get the footy back on as quickly as we possibly can, it's financially incentivising everyone in the game. Yeah. Uh, the only other thing, there's been a couple of signings and some other bits and pieces happened today. Yeah, crazy. Apparently Moses Suley is going to go to the Dragons. Yeah. Obviously nothing can be registered at this point in time, but I find it interesting. How do you, how do you agree on an amount? Well, this is what I was going to say. I think the same thing with the Frizzell deal. I think the only thing you could do... which it have to be a percentage. Yeah, it's my point. It might happen with him too. Say if he agreed to three years, 700000 so 2.1, he might just agree to that. But if the cap goes 20%, that deal just might drop 20%. Because at the end of the day, as we found out last week from what they agreed on, all the contracts are going to stand in the years that are remaining, but the CBA may have to be renegotiated. So yeah. if you lock in at that amount and then they say 20%, is the lowering of the salary cap? Well, ten percent of that seventy grand, hundred forty. Yeah, but like I said to you, I think I think when people work all that out, they think about the, the top end because to a point, you cannot 
not pay of people who are on minimum wage. No, I don't think that'll change. And also people who take a percentage cut, which would then place them below minimum wage. No, that won't change. So the, the, the bottom the, end can't the change. Haircut, the haircut is required more at the top than at the bottom. Yeah. So it's going to impact players like your Tyson Brazils more than you know your players at the back end of your squad. Mm, but they have those minimum wage spots. I think they're only allowed to have four or five total. They won't change because 72, 500. If you're a bloke who's moved around club to club year to year, and I've said this before, I've had a few guys I played at Canberra with that weren't the superstar players but did survive a few years. They're not rich. They made no money because no. every year they have to move, they have to relocate, buy furniture, pay rent. Their money barely covered their season. Um, in particular, one or two that ended up coming from Canberra to Sydney and having to live in the city the majority of their money was gone in rent, let alone trying to feed their families or take care of themselves, which is why a lot of them quit or go to England. So the minimum wage won't change. But, yeah, if you're a top-end player signing for six, 700000 depending on what happens, as Valandi said, if they do have to touch the salary cap, there'll be evidence provided as to why when they negotiate. I think if you agree to a term, yeah, whatever the adjustment is, is just going to have to be a haircut off the top end. But, again, we, we won't know what the situation is going to be um, until the end of the season, I guess, and if we play any games or get any money in the coffers and what cuts and changes are locked in permanently moving forward. Uh, so, yeah, Suli. Interesting nine months. Suli, Frizzell, not many others have been reported, and I think the only other thing, uh, Harawira and Ira and Ockenball, obviously, gone from the Bulldogs, stood down. Uh, very interesting situation that a lot of people have been polarised and disagreed or agreed on and brought up all different bits and pieces uh, at the end of the day. I think well, they've also been deregistered, haven't they? Yeah, and I think most have said that they will be registered again at some point. Uh, they won't be, you know, banned permanently, and I think that's been the argument. Some people are saying what they've done is terrible. Others have brought up again, well, we've got Matt Lodge and these other people in the game that have done worse things. It's Yeah, forget about it. They'll, they'll serve some time, and rightfully so, but yeah. they, they deserve a second chance. I don't want to go. Corey, you know, I've, I've had a lot to do with Corey at the Panthers, uh, and I'm not going to defend him um, because what he's done has been stupid, and, you know, he got caught up in some of the stuff at Penrith as well before he left the Bulldogs, but... Um, he's a kid he's a young man and as young men they make mistakes uh, I think the biggest thing for for Corey and, and Ockenbore is just to go away own it do a bit of community work um, and then when their opportunity arises to take it with both hands and learn from this this cock up yeah they're not, they're not the first player in rugby league to cock up and they won't be the last but no. that's how you deal with it is what defines you and what your career will look like post uh, this, this incident, but uh, it, yeah, it does place a bit of pressure on them uh, for the next 12 months to get their act together and um, ensure that they take advantage of their next opportunity if one presents itself. And I think the big big thing here, again, that's caused the problem, social media. Yeah. <laughs> social, you know, but that, also just awareness of your behaviour. Yeah, well, common sense ain't that common unfortunately I know everyone's well, saying well they're legal age and it was outside oh, I get all that but if a fucking 16 year old messages you and you're 24 and a football player if you've just if, if they've acknowledged that you've just met them at a school like think of the just look at the, think of that the way that sounds it's not very fucking smart it's not smart it's not smart whether people going oh but it was le- there's, no, there's no defence so no I, don't, I don't care if it was legal like in the position of the NRL and going to schools and being in the community like it's just not a good look. And again, social media is, is the cause, again, where a player's got themselves into fucking trouble. 
well, this is the thing. Because that's know, where like, the communication started from, after the from, fact. From the, uh, from the point, of, point of view of the law, okay, it's legal by law, but we want to hold ourselves to a higher standard yeah. in some degrees. Yes. Um, and, and this is an example of that. It's not right. It wasn't smart. And again, think of the ramifications of the situation you're in and why you're at the school initially. Like just, just it's all about the individual behaviour. It's the impact of the individual behaviour on the game. Yes, and it cost the the bulldogs of all people, especially Massive, two, two million dollar sponsor, and they wonder why the club's done what they've done. Yeah. Um. It, yeah. It, but we'll stay off that one. But, but the there players you go. don't think about that. The, the players, when they when they behave, they think about themselves. Mm. You know what's best. What's best for me in this situation? Not about the the whole uh, holistic. I guess ramifications of it um, that you just you learn as you get older. Don't you? you learn, as you get older and you get more life experience, and you know you meet people and you talk to people that are older and smarter and have more experience than you. You just learn. Uh, so there's there's no fast tracking learning, and this is a cock up, and they'll learn and they'll move on. Yep. Well, like you said, they'll serve us some time out, maybe a year, maybe more. I'm not sure, but I'm assuming no doubt both will be back at some stage. In particular. Uh, it's one of these situations yeah, the that I've talked. The rest talk. of the year's probably fair. What's that? The rest of the year's probably fair. As I've said before, it's always a sad situation. But when someone's an international talent or a good player, especially like a Harrow or a Nora, there'll be clubs clamouring regardless of what's happened. That's just Absolutely. the way rugby leagues works, unfortunately. But and it's hard for the doggies because I mean, the doggies gave a chance. Yeah. Um, and he's turned into an international, and then now he's gone. This reminds you of the old camper, doesn't it? When they had. You know, Dugan, Dugan Carney, and all those Carney, guys Ferguson, and you do the right yeah. thing, but 12 months later, someone else or is yeah. more than likely going to get a good deal on a good player. Tough um, one for the doggies. When they get it. Who knows? Maybe the dogs might be the ones that get to bring it back, but maybe not. We, we don't know. We'll have to wait and see. But. And Ockham Ball's the junior. Like, I, I remember seeing you playing Harold Matthews, so he's come all the way through the grades there, you know, and had a breakout season last year, so that's another kick in the teeth for them. Yeah. One that they've, they've put a lot of work into over many many years um, and then to have this happen is it's heartbreaking for a club yeah well when you invest money in a junior and say and go all the way through your pathway uh, for things to yeah, end up the way they have very very good poster boy and um, person to carry the can forward for the dogs in, in their development anything else Brock you want to talk about no that's about it um, we're still gonna we're gonna do our greatest team ever yeah the week we're still gonna record that one didn't really pan out last week just with work and a few other bits and pieces like you said obviously then essential services things uh, went back to a bit normal and there was a cable blow up and stuff over the weekend so I was a bit busy but we are still going to do our greatest team of all time um, yeah well I finished tomorrow so my last day of work is what we've also done which is what I changed on we had I told you to send yours through because at the same time I thought if we have too many of the same player um, maybe it's not as interesting so I'm probably, I don't know if you agree or not, I think I'm going to change mine maybe time-wise. I'm going to operate more from 98 to present day rather than from 1990. Yeah, you you're born in 1990. Yeah, that's my point. But there's a few guys I had in when you sent yours through, I looked at and you go, I've seen these guys more after the fact because I've watched a lot of old games or old origins. No, I think you have to have seen them play. Well, I've technically watched the game on TV. Yeah, but I it's three or not, four. That, not watch them in old games. Yeah, there's three. Or theoretically, f- then you could put Beatson in. You could put all whole heap of players in. No. It's got to be players that you watched growing up, 
saw firsthand live on telly. Well, I did see three of them, but my whole point is they were at a younger age that wasn't as probably essential or open to my eyes as I am as an older person, but you had a couple of them. So I looked at it and thought, well, that'd be kind of boring, so I'm going to base mine more from 98 onwards. When you kind of really remember things or felt like you started to absorb what you were watching. So mine's going to be more 1998 to 2020. Yours is obviously, you are born 86, so you probably remember more things, say, from 90s onwards. Yeah, I can sort of remember from, I can remember 91. That's my first real memory of of footy, I can remember when Penrith won the grand final. Yeah. Um, so I was five five years old. But purely for the reason of not having as much crossover as what we did, I think it'd be better if I put a bit of a bump on my timeline just so we get some differences in our teams. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I quite enjoyed it. It was actually harder than what I thought too. Mm. And every time you kind of look and twist and turn and you feel like you've left someone out, to be honest, I found it a little bit easier once I lifted that timeline because there was three or four guys there that I'm like, you know, whether I saw him after the fact or only a little bit when I was younger, they were absolute weapons, but adding this restriction, um, it's made things a little bit easier. And we've thrown in since then, and I talked to you this about you, it's hard to fit some people in from your own club that you might just be a big fan of. So we're going to have an 18th man who's more so a favourite of ours who may not have necessarily been in a best 17 or a really gun player in our time that we've been alive, but just someone that we've probably appreciated from either our club or just in the league in general. Yeah. So we're going to have that. Uh, and then everyone seems to be doing it at the moment, but they're picking their best club side. A lot of them, obviously, ex-players who have played in those teams. We're obviously not that, but you're a Titans man. I'm a Storm man. Probably not as appealing to uh, some of our listeners, saying as though they're probably two of the lesser supported clubs being a bit on the outsides, but we're going to do our own best one to seventeens on the Melbourne Storm and the Gold Coast Titans. Yeah, we'll do that in our weekly podcast next week. Yep, we'll add that on the back end of what we've got, so we fill in a bit of content. But the, our best one to seventeens uh, will be a standalone podcast sometime this week. Yeah. Uh, as I said last week, there'll be a post put up for everybody else. You can give us your best one to seventeen of all time and uh, what you thought. But for another week here, we have to thank the Penrith Solar Centre Brock sticking through. Thick and thin. They say defense is the best offense. So, what defense have you got in place against the nasty situation of rising power bills? Penrith Solar Center is Western Sydney's leading expert solar specialists. Whilst you have little control over your team's outcome, the expert team at PSC is devoted to giving you control of your power bills back. Let the sun work for you, your home, and your back pocket. Save thousands per year in energy costs. It may be the difference between good or great seats to watch the grand final. Hopefully, we can watch the grand final this year in person. Contact the team at PSC today on 1800 to discuss how they can make you the real winner this season or www.penrosolar.com.au. Uh, I tell you what, the solar's bloody coming in handy right now. Oh, absolutely, yeah, absolutely. Doing a lot of things oh. only during the daylight to save some money. Dishwasher, the washing machine, anything like that with a little bit of sun that is coming yeah, through. Yeah, well, it's perfect for me because... Obviously, my wife's at home, so she um, she gets a lot of stuff done during the day, the washing machine and the dryer, etc., etc. Air conditioner, we don't really need the air conditioner anymore. It's, geez, it's really, uh, the temperature's dropped here in Western Sydney in the last week, uh, particularly in the uh, mornings and nights. Yeah, 100%. Definitely. So uh... the air cons have uh, been turned off. The power bills were soaring over summer because we just didn't really turn it off with all the bushfires and the smoke and the heat so we, we pretty much ran our 
air conditioner for four or five months there straight. So uh, it's been nice to turn it off and open up some windows. Yeah, it's been certainly a cool change. This is my favourite time of the year, hence why. Oh, it's a beautiful time of the year. And that's why it is tough at the moment for, for people to go, bloody hell, like it's, it's Easter weekend this weekend and, you know, I can't see my family and, um, you know, it's nice weather and I'd like to go to the pub or I'd like to, you know, go to the Easter show or go to the footy. Like, we can't do it. And it's, it's going to wear on everyone. Um, but just grit your teeth, boys, and know that everyone's going through it and lean on each other and we'll get through it. Yeah. It'll be all right. Well, like you said, we were supposed to be having a ripping 30th this weekend, but I've already changed the circumstances of that. Yeah. We'll be having what I like to call a freedom party at some point in the end of the year. Yeah. You know, I know we know family members who have um, having to cancel baby showers and um, first birthday parties. I know a mate of mine whose who's daughter just turned one on the weekend. You think about the party we had for my daughter last year for her first. And, mm. You know, they didn't get to do that. And people who are getting married, you know, like people who have unfortunately... Again, a good mate of mine, um, his pop passed away last week, you know, mm. having to go through a funeral with the current restrictions. And, you know, it's, it's difficult. That's what I'm saying. Everyone's really has got a burden and he's going through some sort of hardship at the moment. Yeah. Um, and, it, you know, it could always be worse. There's, whatever situation you're in, there's always someone worse off. So, as I said last week, just try and, try and help someone. Yeah, that's the big thing. make someone else's day better. Yes. You know, I, I had a lady today, I went and bought some um, chicken from the local butcher near work and the place was packed and, you know, I sort of had to wait a little while and the first thing she says to me, oh, thanks for being so patient and waiting. And I thought, isn't it sad that you think she's going to say thank you because someone's got the patience to wait in the current climate? Well, that's where we are as a society at the moment. We want everything quickly and everything now and everything for us. Um Probably, it just really hit me as a, a little bit of a reflection on where we are as a society. So take a breath. Um, understand that you're not the only person on earth and um, try and do something nice for and help people around you. Well, the other thing, again, uh, stay busy. Like uh, I appreciated going back to work, even though it's a weird time and still a bit worried sometimes about being outside and being around people, which is unfortunately part of my job. But after the two weeks being locked up and then obviously just spending a birthday without being able to see yourself or, or the rest of our family. Uh, I kind of appreciated going back to work in the last week. It was nice to be out and about a little bit, um, even in these weird circumstances, but yeah. Yeah, and that's, and that's right. Like, 30th birthday and you don't get to celebrate it. Oh. Day, you know, like we're going to celebrate it later on. I'll tell you what, though. We'll probably go twice as hard now, but... Um... I didn't have a bad day, though. I, we were pretty well planned. We had a Zoom conference that everyone's using, uh, me and one of my friends actually share the same birthday. He's a year younger, though. But we had about 10 of us on a Zoom conference, and our mate that was controlling it because he uses it for his work, he was able to put the races that we were watching at the same time up on the screen. So we yeah. did have a beer, but it was obviously in different circumstances. Yeah, I, I, haven't had, I haven't had a lot to drink, only because I was sort of... There's just a lot going on. It's been good, in a way, to be able to spend time, you know, obviously with the newborn and... My daughter, she's she's not going to daycare or anything like that. We pulled her out of pulled her out of that a fortnight ago. So there, there's some positives to it. Don't get me wrong, massive positives. Like to yeah. spend this much time at home with the kids is sensational. I'm loving it. Uh, but you know, you sort of at night when they go to bed, you're sort of looking around for something to watch. There's not a lot of live sport on, so we're looking elsewhere, watching a lot of movies and 
trying to catch up on some TV shows and you know, get, probably getting to bed early. Our routine's pretty good. Well, that's so, why that's the last thing I want to leave with. Again, most weeks we've uh, watched something, read something. Have you got anything new this week for anyone? Whether it be a book, a movie, a show, is there anything you could recommend this week? I watched the first episode and I was just lost. It's craziness. It it's, was... it's that bad that it's good. Um, movie, I watched The Gentleman this week. Guy Ritchie's The Gentleman. Um, it was good. It, it was it was good. It wasn't what I expected. So if you think Snatch, Lock, Stock and Two Smoking Barrels, uh, it's, it's, yeah, close, but I guess a modern version of... Matthew McConaughey, the, um, the bloke from uh, Sons of Anarchy. I can't think of his name. Yeah. Um, Jack's off Sons of Anarchy. Charlie Hunnam. Um, Charlie Hunnam, that's him. Uh, Hugh Grant. They're a pretty, pretty good cast. So I, I saw that. TV series. Um, well, we. The, I'm, I'm a Star Wars fan. You know, I'm a Star Wars fan. So mm. um, if you like Star Wars, get on to Disney Plus and watch The Mandalorian. Um which is a, I think it's an eight-part series, which is quite good. It was released, I think it was released around Christmas time, but we've only just sort of caught up and watched the last three or four episodes of it, and that was, that was very good. Uh, otherwise, we're going we're to start watching Ozark, I think, which is on Netflix. Yeah. Well, but otherwise, all, all on, the test is on Amazon Prime, which is, gives you an insight in the Australian cricket team. Yeah, we talked about uh, that in the NFL one the other week. Yeah, see, I, I haven't watched the test yet, but that's on on the to do list. There's one called um, "Take Us Home, Leeds United," which is a. Uh, it's actually not available. Like you can't get it anywhere in Australia, um, but I was able to get it through a friend um, on a USB. So he he sort of got it off the internet from um, one of those websites where you can download, and um, it's a six part series on it just goes through Leeds United and follows them through. It's an, it's an Amazon series, so I'm not sure why we can't get it on Amazon Prime over here. Um, but hopefully at some point it comes it comes through. And I've just downloaded... Um, yeah, Ozark. Sorry, I put Ozark on, on our list. So that's the one with Jason Bateman. and um, I think they turn out to be drug runners or something, but... Yeah, yeah they, they launder money for the Mexican cartel. <laughs> The other one on Netflix, right? I finished it a couple of years ago, it's, but it's on Netflix. If you're looking for a good binge watch, it's called Bloodline. It's got the coach from Friday Night Lights in it. Um, and it's got the... What's the guy's name that's in that new series, The Outsider, and he's in Star Wars, the, the Australian guy? I can't think of his name. I don't watch Star Wars, so you've completely lost me. <laughs> no, nah, he's in The Outsider, which is that HBO show. I don't know that one either. There's, there's probably people shouting, um, listening to this now, who know who I'm talking about. Um, but it's got him in it as well. Uh, just a belter show. I loved it, Bloodline. So if you're looking for, I think it goes for three series. Um, it's a belter. Get on to that. Well, books. I'm reading shitload, man. I'm reading. Um, I think last week I spoke about uh, the Belichick book. Uh, I read a book on emotional intelligence. Um, I'm reading one at the moment, which is um, on Terry Francona, who was the manager of the Boston Red Sox when they won that Breakthrough World Series in 2004. Uh, and he was also the manager of the Sox in 2007 when they won the World Series. So I think he's now with the Cleveland Indians. Uh, but, yeah, just sort of going through 
um, his tenure and his career and coaching, all that sort of stuff. Um, yeah, there's a lot there. Eh? I've given you a lot of suggestions, fans. So. Yeah, well, I'm going to finish this off. And again, I don't really read a lot of books. I had a few TV shows, but, you know, I've already went through most of them. Podcasts, I have a couple I could recommend, but again, all those change at the moment because most of them had to do with sport and whatnot. So I just sat here and thought, you know what, in a sad time, you need to laugh. So I've just, off the top of my head, without researching anything, just wrote down a bunch of comedy movies. Some are really funny. Some I just find funny, even though they're terrible. They're just so bad, they're good. And I'm going to rattle these off. If you want to write a couple down or if you haven't seen them and you need to laugh in this time, here I go. So, How many you got? Oh, I've just got a list here. I'm just going to rattle them off. It won't take long because I'm not going to explain. We should, have done it. we should have done a top five. But Hot Rod, not many people would have seen that, but just stupid, hilarious. A couple of old ones, Uncle Buck, Tommy Boy. Oh, Super I'm Bad I'm is just boy. a great one. Caddyshack's an old classic. Old School, Coming to America, Ferris Bueller's Day Off, 40-Year-Old Virgin I absolutely fucking love, Knocked Up, Ace Ventura, Super Troopers, Bad Santa, 21 Jump Street, Happy Gilmore and Billy Madison, you can't go wrong. Stripes, an old Bill Murray classic. Beetlejuice, Tropic Thunder, Beverly Hills Cop, The Hangover, uh, Dumb and Dumber, the Austin Powers movies, Animal House, for fuck's sake, is old as. Uh, the Big Lebowski, Lampoon's Christmas Vacation, Anchorman, Blades of Glory, Talladega Nights. I've got plenty more, but that's just what I wrote off the top of my head. What about uh, Liar Liar, The Mask? Liar Liar, The Mask. There's, there's plenty of good comedies. Um I love stupid movies. Sometimes I'm one of those guys that a lot of times. Tell you what, if you've never seen Chopper, go and watch Chopper. No, oh, Chop Chop. A lot of people that's, ask. That's, that is barrier one in my all time greatest movies. That just makes me laugh. That movie every time I watch it. Mm. Eric Banner's greatest ever performance. Well, people ask us what the finishing to our show is. Is that it? Give us more. Give us more. That's Chopper. That's not called Chop Chop. Mm. And then just a few of my own personal favourites. Again, they weren't comedies, but I think a lot of people need a laugh. You gotta love the Terminator movies. If you don't like the Terminator movies, get out of here. Forrest Gump, The Green Mile. Green Mile is a great movie. Uh, the Town, an old personal favourite, being a lover of Boston sports, but just a good movie. Yeah, it's built up. And then another one that involves Arnie and James Cameron, who's just a gun director. True Lies, great old action movie. If you're looking for a Boston movie, The Departed is I'd probably rate over The Town. I'm not sure whether you've seen The Departed. But hey, you're kidding? Leonardo DiCaprio. There you go, yeah. The, the Departed's a belter. It is a good movie. It really is. Maybe next week we can have, we have top five all time. The one I've got on my list, you're speaking of movies on Netflix, is the Adam Sandler one where he plays the jeweler. That new yeah. one, Uncut Gems. Yeah. I haven't, I haven't I watched, watched that, that yet. I watched it. I'm interested. Um, I would describe it as frustrating. Why frustrating? Just you know, I would give it away if I if I said why, but I my wife and I watched it and it was just frustrating. But he's excellent. The movie is excellent. So, but it's frustrating. So, take from that what you will. Watch it. Sit down and watch it. Well, I've got that's on. We watched we watched the one the the, the latest one with Mark Wahlberg. Yeah, Spencer Confidential. Yeah, watch it. That was okay. I like Wahlberg. He's funny. Yeah, like he plays sort of the same character in every movie. Yeah, well, it's always Boston, and man, plenty he's of always got a good-looking chick, and he's going to fight someone. But you know, you know what you're going to get. The Rock like plays the Mac same guy getting, every movie. Mac isn't getting a quarter pounder. You know what you're going to get before you open the box. You eat it. You feel a little bit shit afterwards. You go, look, I've just done that again. Oh, that's a bit harsh yeah. to Marky Mark. <laughs> um, no, I just think he's he's a, he's like a, he's like a flavour, isn't he? You know, 
know, yeah, like that sort of game. So is, I feel like that tonight. Vanilla ice cream. I'm going to eat it. But so is Liam Neeson. Like. It's safe. It's good. So is Vin Diesel. So is The Rock. They all do the same movies all the time. But we still love them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They don't change yeah, much. No, no argument. No argument from me. Yeah. Well, um, alrighty. That yeah, wraps us up. Uh, sorry, making a murder. I think I've said that before. If you haven't said yeah, that, you said that last week. And I said you're a weirdo. Watch that from, um, from Go to Work. But there you go. There's some recommendations if you're looking for a laugh in particular. Some of those are just stupid and you may think I'm dumb for watching them, but I just like a laugh every so often. Some of those to me, just, they never get old. They're good for a laugh, even if I know it's coming. But April 21st, the big day we wait for uh, with bated breath to see if this competition gets back underway and how it's structured uh, for now Boxhead I'll speak to you probably maybe two days time possibly Tuesday uh, sorry Thursday or Friday we'll do our greatest 17 of all time excellent all good and as, as we wrap up the podcast something's just scanned across my screen Donald Trump makes comment on Joe Exotic from Tiger King. Oh, <laughs> Is it yeah. true? Oh, actually, I've got to ask one more question. You've obviously watched the whole thing. Yeah. I haven't, but somebody said to me that he actually ran for the mayor of Oklahoma and got votes. He, re- he ran for president. But he actually got, like, a decent amount of votes, someone said. I was like, have we been fucking serious? I watched the first episode. Yeah, and I think he, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he ran to be senator. That bloke's out of control. Yeah, no Ca- self-awareness at all. Like, he's, I tell you like, who. He's crazy. He's a legit crazy person. Carol fucking Baskin. Carol Baskin. <laughs> <laughs> he's out of control. Oh, wow. Uh, I only watched one episode and I just stopped at the end. I was like, I don't even know what I just watched. It, it got me when, when the fucking guy loses his arm. That was like, I haven't even watched it yet. You're giving it away, mate. People might have watched, not, might not have seen it. Nah, that's, it. that's in the first episode. No, it's not. I watched the first episode. Well, it's in the second episode. So. No, arms got torn off. I've seen someone without an arm, which has obviously proven that point, but... Yeah. It wasn't in it. I've seen enough memes, though, about him saying, I'll never financially recover from this and all this kind of stuff. Donald Trump said he watched the Netflix documentary Tiger King in only two sittings and joked that he could lobby for his father to pardon Joe Exotic simply to watch the mainstream media's reaction. Oh, <laughs> oh Don. It's uh, pretty amazing, Trump said, of the seven-part documentary that has captivated America since its release in March. The president's oldest son was asked about Joseph Malzano passage, better known as Joe Exotic, on Monday during an appearance on Sirius XM's Jim Norton and Sam Roberts radio show. He's asking for a presidential pardon, Robert said. Trump Jr. asked, I've heard that. Is it true? You guys really want it to be true, don't you? Wow. He could make it happen. Well, I'd never put it past Donald. <laughs> No, Don's a legit crazy. Even if you well. said to me that's bullshit, I go, well, with Trump, no, I, I don't know what to believe half the time. Trump Jr. then got a little bit more serious and said he wasn't even sure what Joe Exotic was guilty of. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, Tiger King. Dear Lord. It's like a car accident. You, can't just, you just can't take your eyes off it. Well, I watched one and I was just like, this is weird. I haven't watched another one. so Yeah, keep, keep going with it. I'll try. You got 30 years. Unbelievable. Yeah, I don't know. I'll see how I go. But for everybody out there, as we said, we wait for April 21st. We'll be back later in the week with our greatest 17s. We'll put a post up. We'll get your greatest 17s, the players you've seen in your lifetime, however you want to base it off. But basically, that's what ours will be based off. Um, Players that we've watched in our time, not going back into history and the best 17 that we can put together, plus an 18th man wild card who can be any player 
of our choice. But for now, as we've said every single week, we don't have the football, but take care of yourselves, your family. Look out for one another and uh, be safe. Enjoy rugby league. Rugby league. Bring it on. Give us more. Give us more. Where are you going? Where, what, 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 what's going on here? Is that it? Is that it? Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.